Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. If you'd like to call into our program today, use our toll-free number 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send an email, the address is leah at comebacktoyoursenses.com. Now, here's health and wellness specialist, Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. And today's topic is mindfulness. Really the basics of practicing mindfulness. It's a deep, uh, wide, ancient practice, but I'm going to focus today more on the basics just to get you started, give you a feel of it. Or if you're already practicing mindfulness, then uh, hopefully what we'll share today will help you just to go to the deeper level of yourself. Mindfulness is a lifetime practice, and the perks are incredible because mindfulness brings you directly to the moment, to life as it's unfolding, moment by moment, which is uh, where everything that you're looking for exists. I promise it's all there in the moment. Showing up in the moment, mindfulness, watching the mind, being the observer, Witness consciousness, observing your thoughts, these are all under the umbrella of mindfulness. And the mind really, it's a marvelous gift really of consciousness and it can take us into incredible realities. So in addition to the sort of beta brain based existence uh, or what we might refer to as sort of the normal experiences of daily living, The mind also has no bounds. It's not a container that holds information. It's a consciousness that can take you you to and bring to you many wonderful experiences that are very moving and heartfelt and and, uh, uh, really, uh, I guess, really speak to the truth of who we are in our nature as spirit beings. Because we have that that access to incredible intelligence and inspiration. And we all know that the mind's also very adept at providing a, you know, that play-by-play commentary on life, moment by moment. And that's really the part of the mind that can keep you up at night. 
We've all had nights like that when we have those common scenarios that really keep us from sleeping. The kinds of thoughts that start with, uh, well, I should have, or if only I would have, or I could have, or I should have known better, that type of thinking, that critical mind, it can be very enticing and very convincing at times. It really, it's important for us to realize that it, it's really just a very small part of the mind. That critical mind, the conditioned part of the mind, is a very small part of the mind. But sometimes it can be confusing because this very small part of our mind can be engaged a large part of the time. And this would be especially true when we're going through a time of extreme stress, where we're more likely to have that tendency for that small part of the mind to be engaged a large part of the time. Really being mindful, especially of the critical thoughts that you have towards yourself and others, is really the beginning of being able to affect a positive change on the mental level, which always has a domino effect on your emotions and on your body sensations. So you just imagine the confusion that's created when we accept all of the thoughts that come into our mind as if those thoughts were uh, the gospel truth about who we are. But this critical condition part of the mind, you know, it stresses over all kinds of things. And not just things that we might consider important, you know, at the survival level of things, but the mind also obsesses over both real and imagined situations. And it's easy to be enticed into believing the content of the thoughts. This happens, for the most part, when you're not conscious of your thinking processes. But unfortunately, without awareness, acceptance of the thoughts is automatic. The thoughts go unnoticed. You just automatically respond or react to the content of the thoughts without it even really occurring to you to take the time, to take the time and ask yourself if the thoughts are true or false. Is the content related to what's really going on, or is it imagined? Is it based on assumptions or based on fears or concerns of the past or worries about the future? Perhaps you're just simply caught in a familiar mental habit. You know, a familiar mental loop of worrying about things that you don't want to happen. Cultivating a practice of mindfulness can be very strong medicine for whatever it is that ails you. Because by becoming more mindful of the content of your thinking your emotions, and your body sensations, and then also the thoughts about your thinking, your emotions, and your body sensations. Now, when we become mindful of these things, then we can begin to really weed out the comments or the content that is critical in nature or that is counterproductive, or really that 
the content that's getting in the way of achieving your goals. It's getting in the way of being the best possible version of yourself, moment by moment by moment. In 1979, Dr. John Kabat-Zinn founded the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program in Massachusetts, and he did this to really treat the chronically ill. And it really, it, it sparked a growing interest in the application of mindfulness and the ideas and the practices of mindfulness into the medical world for the treatment of really a variety of conditions in people that were both healthy and unhealthy. And the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, it, it uses a body scan as well as a seated meditation to manage pain. But the body scan that was used is really derived from a traditional Burmese meditation practice called sweeping from the school of the Uban Kin that Goanka teaches in his 10-day Vipassana silent meditation retreats. So much of what was inspired by teachings from the East and particularly from the Buddhist traditions where mindfulness is, well, it's one of the eight constituents of the Noble Eightfold Path that was taught by Gahatma, Siddhartha Gahatma, the Buddha who actually founded Buddhism almost 2,500 years ago. So although this idea of mindfulness is part of what's known in the West as Buddhism, there's nothing really inherently religious about mindfulness. And it's often or mostly taught in the West, certainly independent of any religious or cultural connotation. But Thich Nhat Hanh really brought mindfulness to the attention of the Westerners. He was on a retreat that was uh, held in the United States. And that was where um, the American doctor, jo John Kabat-Zinn, first realized the appropriateness of mindfulness in the treatment of chronic medical conditions. And then from there, Kabat-Zinn later adapted Hanh's teachings on mindfulness into what's now the structured eight-week mindfulness-based stress reduction course. And that's really spread throughout the Western world since that time. But mindfulness and even some other Buddhist meditation techniques became more popular in the West through John Kabat-Zinn and other teachers like Jack Kornfield and Joseph Goldstein. I first became aware of mindfulness in the 70s. And it was during that, although at the time I didn't know that that's what it was called, it was something that came to me. And I think that for people that are open and have an open uh, approach and relationship with the mind, it's easy then for things to just intuitively and naturally come to you, especially um, things that are useful that you need when you have that kind of openness, rather than relating to the mind as a container that holds information, but rather a consciousness that can be open to receive, process, and send out information. 
So as I said, in the in the 70s, I first became aware of mindfulness. And, and during that time, I was really trying to find ways to balance my own mind and my own emotions. I was still, you know, really feeling laden with burdens from my early childhood. And I had a tendency towards depression and being moody and bouts of jealousy when I was much younger. And it was hard at times back then even to be around people that were very cheerful and happy. Imagine that. It, it kind of seems like a dream as I think about it now. But it was really an extremely challenging time for me. And I suppose the reason why it was difficult to be around very cheerful and happy people was just that I was so laden with these burdens and certainly wanted to be cheerful and happy, but didn't know the path, didn't know how to find the way to that experience of being more lighthearted. So it was really challenging time for me. And I don't really recall how it came to me, but I just, I guess I started to become fascinated by how quickly my energy would shift. And so I started to, to try and track down my own patterns, my own emotional patterns and my own mental patterns. And I started doing this by whenever I would notice that my emotions or thoughts would change. And it certainly was easier to engage in this practice when it was a, a dramatic shift, like feeling fine and feeling great. And then in the next moment, really crashing or feeling very, uh, very heavy inside. So when I would notice this, I would try to track, you know, track down what was it, what made the difference, what happened, kind of how you would do it if you misplaced your keys or some other object. I would just track to the previous moment when I felt fine, just trying to locate what was the trigger, what happened. And I would stay with this until I found what it was that was said or done that had shifted my energy. So, you know, in my early 20s, this was really a really, really useful exercise for me. And it started me on a track of mindfulness, of being able to observe my thoughts and my feelings. And it also helped me to understand that often I was reacting to things that I was just imagining based on, not really based on what actually happened or what was actually said, but it was more the way that I was interpreting what happened or the way I was interpreting what was said. And I came to recognize that much of the time my reactions often had nothing at all, nothing, nothing at all to do with what was actually going on in the present moment. I was often reacting based on Previous abuse or hurt feelings could be embarrassment or fear, could have been shame or guilt, really whatever you could name the gamut of real human emotions. And there have been other equally potent times throughout my life when I've been intensely focused on recovering from early childhood abuse or addictions or dissociation where I instinctively spent a lot of time in the practice of mindfulness in order to release trauma that was layered in my body or in my mind or in my emotions. You know, cultivating a practice of mindfulness is 
it's really potent as a natural way of being in the world in the present moment. And it can also be a potent practice for recovering from trauma. Trauma that can hold a person in the past, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or even psychological trauma. And the practice of mindfulness is, it's also invaluable for assisting people that tend to to have a lot of worry and anxiety and fear about the future, or even are hesitant or trepidatious about engaging in new activities and moving forward in their life. Now, since the 1970s, modern clinical psychology and psychiatry has developed several therapeutic applications for mindfulness. And the research on the application of mindfulness practices is is really encouraging because the research is suggesting that mindfulness practices are useful in the treatment of pain and stress, anxiety, depressive relapses, distorted eating and addictions, post-traumatic stress disorder. And there's also studies looking into the benefits of mindfulness for the general population who don't suffer from any type of disorder yet receive great benefit from mindfulness-based stress reduction. I know we could all use some of that. To live and to breathe is to have stress, so if we can have mindfulness-based stress reduction, that's a terrific thing. Now, there are, you know, several definitions of mindfulness that have been used in, in modern psychology. And according to some, the definitions, mindfulness refers to a psychological quality that involves bringing one's complete attention to the present experience on a moment-to-moment basis. Uh, Other approaches, they think of it as it involves paying attention in a particular way or on purpose in the present moment in a non-judgmental way. It involves a kind of uh, non-elaborative, non-judgmental, present-centered awareness in which each thought, feeling, or sensation that arises in one's attention is acknowledged and accepted just as it is. And then one of the psychologists, Lau Bishop, offered a two-component model of mindfulness The first component involves the self-regulation of attention so that one's attention is maintained on their immediate experience through self-regulation. And it allows for an increased recognition of the mental events in the present moment. And then the second component involves adopting a positive orientation towards one's experiences. So an orientation that's characterized by openness and curiosity and acceptance. So in this really two-component model of self-regulated attention, which involves conscious awareness of one's current thoughts, feelings, and surroundings, and this can really result in the development of conscious cognitive skills to help you really control your concentration 
And then the orientation for experiencing this second component, which involves accepting one's mind stream, accepting the thoughts in your mind, and maintaining open and curious attitudes and thinking towards the content of the thoughts and the experience, regardless of what they are. And training in mindfulness and mindfulness-based practices can also result in really the development of what's referred to as the beginner's mind. Or looking at experiences as if it's for the first time. And, oh, so many of us could benefit like from that. So much of the time we're just doing things automatically and not really bringing ourselves fully present to activities that we do all of the time. Yet with the idea of this beginner's mind, your experiences could always be fresh and new and alive. With the natural, inherent presence and aliveness that's there moment by moment. Now when we practice mindfulness, we can begin to recognize the habitual patterns of the mind. Those patterns that we developed over time. And we can bring ourselves fresh and new. Now, when we relax, so does the critical mind. And in our natural state as human beings, we are relaxed. And the content of our thinking is naturally life-affirming. So the practice, really, of mindfulness can help you to return yourself to a natural state of relaxation. And it can help you to recover your sense of connection to all things. You know, the mind has tremendous potential to heal the body. And imagine, imagine that the mind is actually your greatest instrument of health. It's through the mind that we put everything into action in our lives. But your mind really has to buy into the support And it has to buy into the idea and support all of the actions. Everything that we do when we take an action in the direction of our health and well-being, your mind is behind you, supporting you. Even though at times it seems like you're fighting against your mind, that's that small portion of that mind, the critical condition portion of the mind, that would tell you thoughts about what you should have, could have, or how it can be or how it can't be based on previous experiences. Just thoughts, not who you are. So through mindfulness, you can really cultivate a loving relationship with your mind and your thoughts so that you can be a supportive contributor to the content of your thinking. You know, remember that That worry is like praying for what you don't want. And mindfulness is more than just positive thinking. Because through the practice of mindfulness, first one becomes aware of the thinking. One becomes conscious of the thoughts. And then you accept the thoughts exactly the way they are with no added judgment about the thoughts. And then you're free. You're free to proceed forward then in the direction that you want for yourself. 
So if you notice through watching your thoughts and accepting the content that you've been going down a track that's more of a negative assessment towards yourself or to others or to a situation, then you can bring your focus to a content that's more aligned with self-acceptance or more aligned with acceptance of whatever the situation is. So through mindfulness, we're able to take back our energy. Remember, you're not your mind. You are not your thoughts. You have a mind and you have thoughts. So when we live life under the influence of a false assumption, as if we are our mind and as if we are our thoughts, then we are giving our vital life energy over to our thinking. And when we do this, then we're totally at the mercy of our thoughts. So remember, you're not your mind. You're not your thoughts. And mindfulness is all about self-regulation. You think of that, self-regulation. If we were going to use an example just as a, uh, a simple breathing, focusing on your breathing, it gives a good example of the self-regulation of our attention. You focus on the breath. The attention wanders from the breath. You acknowledge your current focus of attention, and then you redirect your attention back to the breath. You focus on the breath. Your attention wanders from the breath. You acknowledge where your attention has wandered to, and then redirect your attention back to the breath. And focus on the breath. So that's an example of the self-regulation of attention. And I demonstrated the example through the breath, but it could be anything. So it could be an activity you're focused on. You notice your mind wander from the activity. You acknowledge where your mind has wandered, and you bring your attention back to the activity. And the times of wandering, the attention wandering, the mind wandering from the breath or wandering from the activity, that is normal and natural function of the mind and not anything at all to be concerned about or to judge yourself for. It is natural, like breathing. <laughs> the body breathes, the mind thinks. The mind wanders from the breath or the activity. You notice what's happened and then you bring your mind back to the activity or back to the breath. And that is mindfulness in its most basic, simplest application. Mindfulness is about self-regulation of activity, uh, self-regulation of activity, self-regulation of attention. You're focusing on something, the mind takes you away from it, you acknowledge what the mind has done, you come back to the activity. And that's really the bottom line basic, step one of mindfulness. And mindfulness is made up of, you know, a variety of skills. And all of them need practice. 
So let me just give you a few examples of some of the some of the skills that make up mindfulness. And awareness is certainly right there, the primary skill of mindfulness. About learning how to focus your attention on one thing at a time. And this includes being aware and being able to recognize all the things that are going on around you. So for an example, being aware of the sights and the sounds and the smells and activities that are going on around you. And awareness also has to do with being aware of the things that are going on inside of you. For example, thoughts, feelings, body sensations. So that's awareness. That's a primary skill, primary skill of mindfulness. Awareness. Another skill is about being non-judgmental or a kind of observation that has no evaluation attached to it. And this skill is focused on looking at your experiences in a non-judgmental way. So this means simply looking at things in an objective way as opposed to judging or labeling your experiences as either good or bad, I like them, I don't like them. And practicing this skill can help you to, cavalt, to really to cultivate compassion towards yourself, compassion towards others, compassion about situations, about conditions in the world. So this is the skill of being non-judgmental, a non-evaluative observation. Noticing things without labeling or judging them. So awareness, non-judgment, and also another skill, being in the present moment. Being in touch with the present moment as opposed to being caught up in thoughts about the past or even thoughts about the present moment or thoughts about the future or worry. So an aspect of this skill is, is being an active participant in your experiences instead of just going through the motions of life or, you know, coasting through life on autopilot. And we all do it. You know, we have activities that we kind of, um, uh, I guess uh, there's a kind of a, a way that we've resigned inside. You know, whenever they're going for a certain activity, say you're going to, you know, visit Aunt Jen or something. And, you know, you, you know, it's not something you look forward to. So you go and you just kind of put yourself on automatic kind of on automatic pilot and you're not really present while you're there you're just kind of enduring the experience so the practice of mindfulness can help to bring you to the present moment and in the present moment there's always something to appreciate when you're present presence itself is very compelling very compelling and I bet Aunt Jen would like it too if you bring your presence, just to use an example. So we have awareness, being non-judgmental, being in the present moment, and then something called beginner's mind. 
And this skill of mindfulness really focuses on being open to new possibilities. It also refers to observing or looking at things as they truly are, as opposed to what we think they are or what we might evaluate them to be. Like going into a situation with a preconceived notion of how things will turn out can really taint your experience. And it can prevent you from having true experiences that are actually based on what's really happening in the moment. So mindfulness, like all things, it takes practice. And sometimes you may find yourself putting time aside to formally practice mindfulness, such as devoting time to practice being mindfully aware of your breath or your thoughts, or doing mindfulness-based meditations. But one of the things that's really great about a practice of mindfulness is that you can do the practice everywhere. You can do it at any time. And you can do it when you're engaged in any activity. As an example, you can bring mindfulness to a number of activities that we often do without thinking, such as eating or washing dishes, cooking, taking a shower or a bath, walking, driving the car, even listening to music. And really, as you go about your day, you can... To find, find as many opportunities as you can to practice mindfulness as you start to sort of build up that practice, build your muscle of mindfulness. Because the more you practice, the easier it will become to bring mindful awareness to your life experiences. And then this can also help you to cope with any additional stressors, you know, just like pain or anxiety, fear or worry if you struggle with addictions or even a a great fluctuation in your moods. So there's many ways, really, of practicing mindfulness. And there's exercises for being mindful of your breathing, being mindful of sounds or thoughts, your body in general, or body sensations. And many of the exercises of mindfulness are practiced in a formal manner. You know, that's, they're taught in a way that people are instructed to put aside a set amount of time during their day to practice the exercises. And a formal practice is certainly useful and can help you become familiar with certain coping strategies. Yet, bringing mindfulness just in the moment on a regular basis and including it in the activities of daily life There's something very smart about that. And in fact, it is my experience that any type of a practice, a spiritual practice, a practice of mindfulness or witness consciousness, really it's not solely about the time that you spend in formal practice sitting on your pillow or sitting doing your meditation or sitting doing your practice. It's really about cultivating a kind of awareness that you can take with you and it can be operative through you during the regular daily activities, during the moments of daily life to help you be more present with whatever activity you're involved in. 
So no matter how busy you are, there's a lot of opportunities throughout the day to practice informally. Let me just go through a couple of these things, like the practice of mindful, mindful eating. You know, we often eat unmindfully. We don't pay attention to what we're eating, to how much we're consuming. So the next time you eat a snack or a meal, try being mindful. Pay attention to the sensations that are associated with eating. You know, like the smells, the, the sight of the food, the, uh, the touch of it, the taste, how it feels. Be mindful when you take a bite of food. And taking the time to actually chew your food and be aware of it. You can even be mindful of the sensations associated with swallowing your food. And just take your time to enjoy yourself. And you can practice mindfulness while you're driving. You know, there's a lot that goes on while you're driving. So next time when you're driving, be mindful of the, the sights around you the radio playing, the noise that the car makes as you accelerate and decelerate, the way that the the heater or the air conditioner feels on your skin, even how your body feels resting up against the back of the seat in the car, or any other sensations that are part of driving. It, It just brings you more present and fully alive in the activity and the experience. You could be mindful while you're doing the dishes. You know, lots of people don't like that chore. We just try to get it done as quickly as possible. But it is also a great way to practice mindfulness. You can be aware of how does the dish feel in your hand, the weight of the, the plate or the spoon or the fork, the temperature of the water against your skin, the smell of the soap. You can find if you're practicing mindfulness when you're doing the dishes, it will completely change the experience. It can completely, completely change the experience of doing the dishes. So these are just a few examples of activities of daily living that you can practice. Just insert the practice of mindfulness. You know, you can, there's no activity that you can't practice mindfulness with. Going for a walk, exercising, cooking, watching television, drinking a glass of water, waiting in line at the grocery store. But by bringing mindfulness to your everyday activities, you'll be amazed at all the wonderful experiences that, that we just take for granted. So really, I encourage you, take the opportunity and discover what's available to you through informally practicing mindfulness. So really, you could do a simple formal meditation with yourself, just focusing on the breath, like I was speaking about earlier in terms of focusing on the breath, the mind wanders from the breath. You notice where your attention goes. You bring your mind back to the breath. That's a very simple, simple, just a simple meditation that you can do in a formal way for yourself. 
Because mindfulness, like all other things, it's a skill that must be nurtured. And it's not about being mindful 100% of the time. But with practice, you'll be able to increase the extent of time where you're present. And you'll find as you build up your muscle of mindfulness, then you'll be able to apply it throughout the day no matter what's going on. Bringing mindfulness to every, every activity. And it can help you really to be aware of what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, and what your body sensations are. And I have found over, over years of practicing mindfulness that sometimes my practice of mindfulness is about watching, watching automatic behaviors, <laughs> being the witness of yourself engaging in activities that perhaps isn't exactly what you want to be doing. Sometimes mindfulness is like self-parenting where you're, you're watching the activities and then you're able to put the correction in once you notice yourself behaving in ways that are not exactly what you want to be doing. So it, there's an ease in being able to switch the activity and switch the behavior when you watch and when you witness from that place of non, being non-judgmental. So rather than watching the behavior and then judging yourself for the behavior, you're watching the behavior, you're accepting the behavior, you're not judging yourself for it, so there's no resistance, and then you're at a place of, of openness, of a new place of being able to make new choices. And sometimes we choose to continue to do the behavior, and sometimes we choose to shift the behavior and to go down a different track, or to insert those changes that we're looking to make in old behaviors and old patterns. Mindfulness. So the other types of practices you could do of just um, a quick exercise, it can only take maybe five minutes or whatever amount of time you, you had to just be mindful of sound. Imagining that your ears are like, like satellite dishes picking up on all the sound in the environment. And you could just sit and receive sound vibrations. You don't need to label the sounds and... It's not about liking the sounds or not liking the sounds. And you don't need to keep your attention on any particular sound. Just hear whatever is present. Hear whatever is there for you in the environment. And just let the sound come and go one after another. Not trying to search out the sounds around you, but just let them come to you. And then when you notice that your mind has wandered away on a train of thought, which it will do, that's what the mind does, it thinks, then you simply return to the task of listening. That's another simple meditation practice you can do with yourself. You can do it for 
five minutes, you can do it for 10 minutes, however amount of time you have or want to devote to that practice. And even though during that time, what you're doing is being mindful and focusing on sound, what you're actually doing is building your conscious muscle of awareness, building a practice of mindfulness that will then be available to you during any other activity you're doing in your life. I know we have all had those experiences, even you know, at times when we're spending time with people that, that we're really close with and that we, we really enjoy, yet at times we're not able to enjoy even being present with them because our mind is off wandering, wandering wherever, wandering in the past, wandering in the future, wandering off being concerned or consumed with things or with worry. It happens to all of us. It's part of our human life experience. Yet the practice of mindfulness, it helps us to build that muscle of awareness. Not to say that we won't have those times when our mind wanders off, but it helps us to be mindful of when our mind has wandered off so that we can bring ourselves back to the present moment. That's the beauty of any of the practices, and that's the beauty of a simple practice like mindfulness that doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't require any equipment. It doesn't cost anything. It's always available no matter where you are under all circumstances. Mindfulness is always there for you to help you to help you, to help you be yourself in the moment, to help you glean more enjoyment from the moment, to help you to relax and just be yourself. Mindfulness. You can also do a, a formal meditation, a mindfulness practice, if you like, of just being aware of your body sensations. You know, always with any of these exercises, you want to be in a comfortable position. And then just close your eyes. And take some time to focus on your breathing. And then if it's your body sensations that you're focusing on in particular, you can just start at your feet. And just go through your body and notice. Notice what your sensations are. Start with focusing on the breath. And then you can even do a meditation or a focusing technique where what you're looking for is really to focus on whatever the predominant sensations are. You may want to pick one or two or even three sensations. Maybe it's the beating of your heart. Or maybe your neck is tight. Or your hands are warm. Or maybe your jaw is a little clenched. And this can be helpful even if you have physical discomfort or pain in the body, that you can focus on that. Breathe into the area where you have pain or you have restriction in the body. And just watch the sensations. And keep breathing. And let go of any judgment. It can be very, very simple to practice mindfulness something anybody can do. 
You can do the same thing with your emotions. Again, finding a comfortable position, focusing on the breath. Once you feel settled, you can focus on just doing a sweep with your body and stop wherever you feel some tension or discomfort. And then just notice if your body is trying to express a certain feeling. Maybe it's a physical sensation of an achy muscle or tension or a headache. Or maybe it's an emotion behind that. You breathe into it and maybe there's sadness there. Maybe there's grief in the body. Maybe there's great excitement in the body great anticipation of something and so there's excitement in the body and sometimes just from taking the few moments just to relax and focus on your breath you find that your whole body will relax and you'll feel a great softness in the body really the point of mindfulness is about letting whatever is there be there without judging it good, bad or indifferent And the sort of the main areas of focus with mindfulness are awareness, focusing on the sights, the sounds, the smells in the outer, and the thoughts and feelings and body sensations in the inner. And then practicing being non-judgmental, and not evaluating, just observing your experience, whatever's going on, whether it's thoughts or feelings, not labeling them as good or bad, and being present in the moment without the thoughts wandering into the past or worrying about the future being present in the moment, not going through the motions or coasting through life, but bringing yourself exactly there to that aliveness. There's a certain energy of aliveness that's present in the moment. When people are present, that is your being showing up and the being has a very different energy. It vibrates at a very different frequency than the thoughts we think when our mind is wandering. So awareness, being non-judgmental, being present in the moment, and beginner's mind. The opportunity to do things newly, even if they're activities that you've done before. The opportunity to drop any kind of expectation about what's going to happen. Not deciding before you get to an activity how you're going to feel when you are there but just letting yourself be there with beginner's mind, the new experience in the moment. Mindfulness is a a practice that that can serve you all the days of your life. There's a potency to mindfulness that's 
that's not paralleled with other things. It's just you and your own presence in the moment, being mindful of your experience of what's going on without judging it. And I have found for myself that being mindful and practicing mindfulness has helped me become aware of the tendencies that we have as human beings to judge ourselves, to evaluate what we're doing, to measure it against something else. And being mindful has helped me to not be involved with that type of assessment, to just let things be as they are, just notice things. And I find that having a practice of mindfulness gives more of an opportunity to experience deeper levels of relaxation. When I'm just present in the moment without trying to achieve anything or striving for anything, without trying to change something but accepting reality as it is, then there's an opportunity to experience deeper layers and deeper levels of relaxation. And this can bring a whole new meaning to life. And I find it also gives more of an opportunity to really have the essence of who I am as an individual really rise to the surface without needing to be something for someone else and without forcing yourself to follow any kind of a pattern of expected behavior or responses, there's an opportunity to just be present and then be available to what might come as inspiration or intelligence or encouragement in the moment. When your mind is open, everything's available to you. Mindfulness. Remember, it's a simple practice. You bring your attention to something. Your mind will naturally wander from whatever the activity is. You acknowledge that the mind has wandered. And then you bring your attention back to the activity. So that's mindfulness in its very simple, basic, basic foundation. An easy practice that you can do any time, any place, anywhere, at homework or play. I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. And I encourage you to ask yourself, how is it that you can be more present? In what areas of your life? do you feel are most important for you, where it matters to you, to practice mindfulness? I gave you some examples to give you an idea that you can take this practice and do it where it is you need it to help you show up for your life. So until next time, I thank you for listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio, and I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. 
Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.